your host Mo and today y'all I feel like my voice is still trying to do that thing so I tried the high pitch it didn't work y'all so I deleted it because I didn't want to put y'all through that but what's up (laughs) y'all welcome back to me TV reviews like I said I am your host Mo and today we are going to be wrapping up hopefully I think this is the season finale we'll see I guess we'll have to see how it ends But we are going to be covering one of my favorite shows right now. True Detective Night Country Season 4, Episode 6, titled Part 6. Y'all, I hope that y'all have had a wonderful week thus far. We are just beginning the week, so you got some time, okay? But um, I hope it's going well for you guys. Without further ado, because the last episode left me like, what's going to happen? Let's go ahead, get into the synopsis real quick, and then we're going to get right into the episode. So the synopsis for this one is, in the midst of a brutal storm, Danvers and Navarro find themselves stuck at Talal with no electricity or means of contact. As the truth about what happened to Annie and the Talal men unfolds, Navarro and Danvers each confront the demons from their past it's gonna be good y'all it's gonna be good i don't know what's about to happen but let me go ahead and set the scene for this opening okay we start the episode off the storm is raging outside y'all you can barely see inches in front of you the wind is whipping the snow is falling hard, and Danvers and Navarro are trying to break the ice at the highest point so they can enter into the ice caves. So after some time, Navarro is finally able to break the ice. And so she looks at Liz, and Liz was like, I'm not going down there first. And so she was like, forget it, I'll go. So she goes down there and immediately Liz is like, is it safe? What do you see? Do you see anything? Come on, scary, and come down here with me. So she comes down and they're looking around. Now, when Liz comes down, I notice Navarro's face and she already looking like she feeling feeling the spirits, feeling the wild energy down there, even though it is cold as crap. She's definitely feeling something besides those windshields outside. They're definitely speaking to her down there. So they make their way through the caves a little bit more. She tells Liz to be careful because it's slippery. No, Liz tells her to be careful because it's slippery. But once they get to a certain point, Liz even stops because she feels something too that she just she can't explain and she doesn't want to try to admit it to Navarro that she feels it and so they travel a little bit more through these winding caves and then all of a sudden Navarro cuts to her right because she says this is it right here this is where we need to cut in this is where we need to go And so Liz was like, look, we ain't finna be just walking around here trying to just dilly-dally through these caves, okay? And Navarro is convinced that where she's going is where Annie is leading her. She's speaking to me. And so Liz was like, oh, my God. (laughs) Not this again. This is what has been helping us get to this point. So chill out, Liz, okay? So... She follows Angie through this uh, small tunnel through the cave. 
and once they come out on the other side of it it opens up to this wider opening right now they're both standing in there and something is blocking the other side of this there's like a a, a couple of boulder rocks there blocking whatever this is on the other side of there and so she was like we have to go we have to get past those and Liz was like come on man like we can't like we can't lift that those are too heavy and all of a sudden Navarro falls through the ice again and so she she's like oh my god <laughs> i told you how could you be so stupid you know are you okay did you break anything and so angie's like no i don't think i did okay and so liz was like well i'm gonna go try to get you some help i'll be back as soon as i can and i'm like girl who is gonna help y'all pete because y'all ain't even supposed to be down there. So who's going to really help? So just then as she's, um, as Angie said, you know what? I can't believe I did that. What was I thinking having us come out here? She was like, no, you're not stupid. So then all of a sudden, Liz falls through the ice. Now they're on the same level and they're a level below where they were supposed to be. I was like, Lord, please don't let them fall through no more levels of ice. Because what if the next one is like straight up ocean? So they're talking to each other. And then they kind of like scan the room with their flashlights. And in one of the corners, y'all, is Ray Clark. <laughs> and he ain't even got no coat on, y'all. He got like a little blanket. He got a blanket wrapped around his shoulders, y'all. And so I was like, what? Wait a minute. So they chase him. And where they follow him to, it leads into this big opening where there has clearly been somebody down there doing some type of research and work because there's all of this machinery. There are like lights pinned up everywhere there are desks it's a lot happening so clearly somebody has been coming down here this and hopefully this floor is stable enough because they set up shop here so hopefully they shouldn't be falling through no more ice so they're looking for clark they can't find him anywhere and then all of a sudden liz looks up and she calls angie over to where she is looking so when angie comes over she looks up and above them is that same spiral design. It's a warning for you shouldn't be here. Y'all, I wonder what's going to happen. I'm so excited about this episode. I hope it does not disappoint. So they go looking all around this little bitty workspace for Clark. Can't find them nowhere. So clearly there's got to be a second exit somewhere, okay? So they're looking around, looking around, looking around. And then Navarro notices like this, I don't know if it's a book, it's a, a look like a bookcase or a shelf with like tanks or something on it. And so she ends up getting Liz to come over and help her pull it out. And lo and behold, there is a ladder leading up into the middle of the floor in the Talal Research Center. So they get up there and they start looking around, looking around, and we hear that damn song that Liz hates so much. Twist and shout, it is blaring like nobody's business, y'all. Okay, so once they get up there, they're going from, from place to place, looking around, trying to see if they can find Clark. Liz ends up tearing the the DVD system apart to get the song to stop playing, finally, when she could have did that a while ago. Um, but she actually um, doesn't see anything just yet. So she keeps looking around in some kind of way. She sees Clark and Clark leads her to this, like this closed off room where, um, you have to have like somebody open the door for you if you get locked in. And so he locks her in 
and now he's looking outside looking at her trying to get out so she's screaming for navarro trying to get her attention but she's nowhere to be found right so navarro is in the research center looking around herself and she starts to feel a presence she starts to hear the whispers and then she looks behind her and she sees the wet footprints now y'all remember we saw those wet footprints right before julia did her jump scare right in front of her sister so she sees the wet footprints and then she comes back out into the hallway well clark ends up grabbing like a fire extinguisher or something and he ends up clocking her with the fire extinguisher now I forgot one key piece of information. So before they climbed up the ladder to get into the research center, they spotted a pointy object on one of the tables that was indicative of the marks that were left on Annie as far as like a possible murder weapon. It was like that star-shaped marker that was left on her body. So I think they found what left that mark. Okay, so then Liz finds like a a pointy pole of some sorts. I don't know if she broke it off or if she just found it laying in the room. And so she's using the sharp end to hit the glass. And I guess it's maybe bulletproof glass or it's very thick tempered glass. Whatever the case may be, after a couple of hard jabs, the glass finally gives and breaks. And so she's able to get out. So she's screaming for Angie. Angie had got drugged by Clark down the hallway for a little bit because, remember, she got knocked out. Well, I guess she must have come, too, because when Liz finally catches up to Angie again, y'all, she is beating the piss out of him. (laughs) And she was like, girl, calm down. We need him to talk. Okay, but they ain't got no Wi-Fi. They ain't got no reception out here. It's a storm raging. How in the hell are they going to do this? They got to figure something out. Meanwhile, back at the house, Pete is cleaning up the crime scene that was left. And, you know, he he's very thorough. He gets everything up. He puts all of the the, the bloody stuff in trash bags. He wraps the bodies up and puts them in his trunk. And then, or he puts them somewhere. And so then, just as he's putting the finishing touches on everything, here comes Leah coming through the door. Y'all, he almost jumped out his skin. (laughs) Jumped out his whole skeleton, do you hear me? So, he's like, "What what are you doing here? And she was like, what are you doing here? And he says, you know, she gave me a place to stay for a couple of days or whatever. And um, she was like, so you're cleaning? And he was like, yeah, well, you know, I I just been having a lot on my mind, especially with what me and Kayla going through, okay? I I just need to clean my way through some things. That's it. Figure some things out. And so he was like, what are you doing here? And she says that Liz had told her that she wanted her to come home on New Year's Eve, but she's not here. And so... He says, well, I'm sure she'll be back after a while. She's not here right now, but um, what I can do is I can actually take you back over to Kayla's because I don't want her and Darwin to spend New Year's Eve alone. Can I do that? Because as he's asking her that, y'all, he notices a little piece on the side of the wall that still got a little bit of blood evidence on it. And so she agrees to let him take her back to Kayla's. And that's his way to get her out of the house so he can finish cleaning up. Y'all, that was pretty smooth to pee. I'm proud that he was able to think on his feet like that. So Pete ends up taking Leah back to Kayla's. And of course, because now that Leah is back, Kayla knows that something is wrong. So before he has a chance to leave, she runs outside and gets in the car with him. And she's like, what's up? What's wrong? And so he says that he didn't want her and Darwin to spend New Year's Eve alone. And Leah needed to come back. And so she's like, 
what's wrong? Like, I know when something's wrong. What's up? Tell me the truth. Did Danvers put you up to something? And so he looks at her and says, no, I did it. Okay, I made a mess and I'm getting ready to clean it up. I just need you to look after her until I get finished. Now, when I'm finished cleaning up my mess, I'm coming back to the house and basically I'm yours. And she just kisses him. And she asked him to please be safe. And so he goes on his way, y'all. Poor Pete. So back at the research center, the girls have uh, have duct taped uh, Clark to a chair and they're waking him up. And so Angie ends up asking him, did he really love Annie? And he says that, yes, he really did love her. So she pulls out her phone, she pulls up the video of Annie, and she gets to the particular part where she's screaming when she's being attacked. It's on a loop. He's like, no, I don't want to look at it, I don't want to look at it. Y'all, she she gets Danvers' headphones and puts them in his ears and duct tapes the headphones to his ears, y'all. So he has no other choice. And she also duct tapes his mouth so they can't hear him screaming. So they leave him there for a while while they go search for some food. And Danvers has been able to find her some Funyuns. Y'all used to love Funyuns. You dip them in some ranch. Ooh, that's a good time. And she mentions how she, her mom and Julia loved oranges. So much so that her mom was able to peel an orange in like one continuous peel. Like it never broke off. And so I guess every time she's seen the oranges, like her mom and her sister trying to communicate with her, I'm going to assume, or maybe the, the wet footprints is her sister and the oranges are her mom. So, um, Danvers finds something. I don't know if that's a tooth on the floor or what, or maybe a piece of glass, but either way, they start talking about Pete and how they feel like he may be screwed for life based off all of the things that have taken place tonight. And so she... Danvers was like, well, I'm not sure. You know, you'd be surprised what we can tolerate and get through. So they figured that it's time for them to go back in and question Clark and see exactly what happened. And they get the story about Annie. So what happened was, they were actually able to extract that micro DNA that they had been doing all this research for. They were able to do it only because the mines were pushing out so much pollution that it was making the permafrost not as bad. So they could get to the microorganism a lot easier than if the pollution had not been there. And so he goes on to say that they hadn't been fudging the numbers, but what they were doing was they were actually going to the mining company and encouraging them to push out even more pollution, which in turn was corrupting the environment around them, the community, the people. They were dying. They were being poisoned. But see, let Clark tell it, them extracting the DNA from this microorganism would have saved hundreds of thousands, if not millions of lives over the next couple of years. So they were able to do it. Now, what happened was he did love Annie, and I guess they may have split up for whatever reason, She ended up being interested in somebody else and started talking to somebody else. But some kind of way, she was able to sneak back down to the research center and get in. And she found their little work spot in the ice cave. And so when she found it, she started destroying all of their work. All of the hard work in the years that they had put in to try to get 
this thing that could save all of these lives just gone just like that and so lund which was i guess like the head um research guy or the the manager over the research he discovered what she was doing and he just snapped he came down there and started stabbing her with that star point thing and by the time ray had got down there because he heard her screaming so he ran down there to see what was going on. He got Lund off of her, but she was already, you know, pretty, pretty critically injured. And so I guess all of the other guys had started to hear her scream too. And so um, he got Lund off of her. However, when she was trying to get up, I think she started to try to destroy more stuff. And so the guys came and basically held her down. And I thought that maybe they were just going to detain her. No, Lund went back in and started finishing her off, basically. They let him continue to stab her until I guess she went unconscious. And so Annie, uh, Angie was like, so you didn't play any part in that? And he said, no, I loved her. I could never hurt her. But what we actually see is him going over to her after they they're done with their attack he takes his t-shirt off and he's apologizing to her saying how sorry he is you know that this had to happen like this and all of a sudden she comes back too and she's trying to fight now he's already got his shirt off and so what he does is he actually covers her mouth and basically smothers her to death because she knows too much at this point and so although he tells angie and liz that he didn't do anything to her the reality is he's the one that actually finished her off and killed her and so he starts to cry and angie is like tell me that you loved her again i need to hear it again and so he says that he loved her he loved her. He really did. And so she pulls out her gun. She points it right at him, y'all. And Liz is starting to have all of these flashbacks of what happened with Wheeler. And she's getting ready to walk out the door. And so Angie is like, you not going to tell me not to do it? And she was like, nope. And she walks away. So then we still continue to see more flashbacks of what happened with Wheeler when the rest of the crew actually found the bodies and instead of angie actually shooting him we hear this loud bang but it's because she done pounded on the door and she's telling him to shut the f up so she comes out into the hallway and liz is like i almost did it i almost did it myself and she was like what do you mean kill clark and she said no I'm talking about Wheeler. So then we get the rest of what actually happened. Now, remember, when they came in, I told y'all that Angie had kind of like stared off into the corner because she saw a woman that was obviously dead pointing. And so she was looking at that person and Wheeler's sitting in the chair and he's like kind of looking all snarky, you know, real sinister like and something happened he started whistling and all of a sudden liz grabs her gun and she points it at wheeler and she calls angie's name and angie doesn't even like look at him for two seconds she points her gun in his direction and just blows his brains out sorry y'all that's exactly what happened like she was looking in the other direction but her back her she was facing him but she was standing like right on the side of him she used her left hand and she pointed the gun at the left side of his head and fired a shot so that's what actually happened y'all ain't that crazy and so liz ends up saying that she needs a break and so she walks away
Y'all, I forgot two important pieces that happened in this last couple of segments. So the first thing was when they were talking to Clark after everything had happened with Annie and they had to dispose of her body, Clark said that they reached out to Silver Sky to try to fix the issue with Annie and in turn they didn't get rid of the body instead they called a cop to come out and move her body so we know that that is Hank so that piece has fell into place and as far as the tongue goes because Angie had brought up the tongue and why they had cut it out and he was like we didn't do that so he believes that Hank actually cut the tongue out to I guess throw everybody off the scent that something actually happened down there and the second part that I forgot to mention was when they gave us what really happened with the rest of William Wheeler after Navarro shot him we heard a baby crying in the background so where's the kid now and that's why I believe that that uh, Liz had gotten so emotional and that whole case was so emotional for the both of them because they didn't know that there was a kid involved as well. But it was somewhere off in the back. OK, so. When Liz goes to take a break, she sits down and she starts to peel this orange. Right. So when she peels the orange, she's um, she she sees something or she drops something. And so she looks down under the counter where she's sitting and there's a tongue there. She sees like the imprint where the tongue was. There's not a tongue there, but there's the imprint. And then we also see like another uh, orange or like a, a water, a wet footprint there. So it's like something's definitely here. So when she's thinking about it navarro actually distracts her she comes in and calls her name and she's like hey we still got a job to do so liz actually walks away from when she's peeling the orange so what she leaves on the plate y'all is that same spiral we keep seeing the spiral okay so they go back in and they start talking to clark again and clark goes on to tell them what actually happened to the men and so they were like what happened to them who killed them and he said Annie killed them and so they were like come on man okay if that's the case how did what happened to Otis happen to him because Annie wasn't even born when that incident happened to him so what really happened to the men and he says look Annie is this overall presence this this evilness okay this evilness like i guess maybe jumped into her body i don't know okay but it's an overall presence this this evil presence that's there or a presence that seeks justice for the wrong that is done maybe so anyway he goes on to say that um there's always this presence lurking right so we get the flashback of him and he actually uh when he's talking about she's awake y'all he takes off running okay he takes off running and he jets towards the research center uh where they uh in the little ice cave and so he was like i knew it was just a matter of time before she came back to get us and so he goes down there he opens up that secret door comes down the ladder a little bit closes the door behind him and Lund is like literally right on his heels but he's not fast enough to actually uh get him to open up the door so he Ray is holding on to the door to keep it closed Lund is trying to get in and he hears Lund screaming after Annie comes and gets him so he got he's got this like um light that he pulls out 
I guess to kind of sense and see if the spirits are there or the spirit is still lurking. And so the light is flickering on this light that he has. And eventually it comes back on. And so he says that he was so terrified. He heard people screaming and then all of a sudden it stopped. But he stayed where he was because he wasn't sure if she was gone. And so he literally stayed in that spot all the while Navarro not Navarro, Liz, Pete, and Hank were all there with the rest of the police department looking for clues as to what happened to the men. And so she ends up telling Navarro to look after him for the night. Okay, she's tired. And so she goes to lay down, right? And then... When she's gone, Clark ends up t telling Navarro, hey, just go ahead and kill me, okay? Or let me do it myself because he's tired. He's so tired. And we don't see what happens there. Instead, we go back to Liz. Now, Liz is sleeping, okay? She wakes up after she dreams of Holden because in her dream, she's playing with him. And then all of a sudden, we hear him scream, Mommy! And so she wakes up. Now, when she wakes up, she's in darkness, okay? But she ends up seeing, like, this necklace. She grabs her necklace off and she looks at it. She puts her coat on. And she goes to look for Navarro and Clark because the lights have went out. And so she doesn't find them anywhere in the building. Instead, she goes outside and she sees Navarro standing in the snowstorm. Y'all, Clark done went out there and froze to death, literally. And so, of course, Liz is pissed because this is the only witness that they had that saw exactly what happened or didn't, was kind of around in the environment to kind of give them an idea of what might have happened to the men. And now he's dead. And so she was like, you just let him. You knew that he was going to commit suicide. So you just let him walk out here and freeze to death. And so instead of her answering the question. She's like, well, there's got to be a backup generator somewhere because the lights are out. So I'll go look for that. So she starts to go look for a backup generator. She actually finds, I guess, maybe like a breaker or something. And she tries to flick the lights on. And where she's at is kind of like um, some cars are parked there. So like in a parking garage of some sorts. And so she gets the lights to come on and off a couple of times. But one time when they come on, we see a woman standing off in the near distance, closer to the cars. Okay, but just know that there's somebody there. I'm not sure if it's Annie. I'm not sure if it's her mom. I don't know who it is, but just know it's a, it's a presence there. So then Liz is also trying to find a way to get the lights turned back on. And we see her, she hears something roll down the hallway. So when she turns her light towards that way, she sees something roll past the door. And I was like, oh, hell no. <laughs> uh-uh. So she goes out into the hallway she walks upon it, and then we see that it is a rim tire, a tire rim. There we go. And all of a sudden, the lights come back on. Meanwhile, we see a Pete. Pete finally arrives back to his dad's car where he has left the bodies and all of the evidence of the cleanup. And we see him getting ready to travel to Rose so he can dispose of his dad's car, I'm assuming, and the bodies as well. And as he's going, y'all, it's real ominous because as he's driving through there, we see the lights, like the street lights, going off as he passes them as well. I don't know, y'all. <laughs> It is a lot. 
it is a lot of the otherworldliness going on right now. So Angie is still allowing the spirits to lead her path while she's here at the research center. And so she ends up actually walking back into the kitchen and she's being guided by the spirits. And all of a sudden they tell her to stop. And so she looks over and she sees Clark. And this is what we see on the video where it looks like he's seizing. And then it's almost like he had like an out of body experience because once he stops seizing, he comes back. And then all of a sudden he says, she's awake. And then he, he disappears. So Pete ends up showing up to Rose's house. And she's like, hurry up and get in, you know, this, there's a blizzard going on outside. And she was like, what are you doing here? And he says that he was sent there by Navarro. And he tells her the message that Navarro told him to tell Rose. And she was like, oh, it's going to be one of them nights. I guess so. So back at the uh, research center, Navarro and Liz are sitting by a fire that they've created. And they're trying to stay warm because the power is still out. And so she brings up the fact that there is so much more out there than just them, than, than them just being here in this moment, being cold. There are people that she feels are still talking to her and telling her to follow them. And so she's like, ah, oh, you know, Liz is like, she don't believe it. So then Angie switches gears just a little bit. And she was like, you know, I don't really think that he looks like you, but I can see it in the eyes. And so she's like, what are you talking about? And she says, Holden, I can see it in the eyes. And he's, she starts to tell Liz what message Holden wanted to tell her. But Liz gets very upset. And she's like, you know, don't you dare speak about my son. I still have moments where I wonder if he was screaming for me, being trapped in that car. If he was, you know, asking for mommy, if he was terrified, if he was, you know, just all of these emotions. And she could not save him. She could not get to him in time, apparently. And so she was like, you know, basically keep my son's name out your effing mouth or I'm going to blow your mouth off your face. And she was like, you know, you want to give up just like your sister did and walk out there in, in the snow and the ice in this blizzard. By all means, go ahead if that's how you feel, but keep my son's name out your mouth. And just like that, she storms off, right? So she's in bed and she just she can't sleep okay she can't relax it's so damn cold and she gets back up well when she gets up she goes to find navarro well by the time she gets to her y'all she's missing okay she gets back to where the the fire was she's no longer there so she is fire, she's following these embers that are coming off the fire. They're kind of leading her path to guide her to where Angie is, right? And so it leads her to a back door. She goes through the door and way off in the distance, she can see Navarro. She's walking through the blizzard, y'all. And although she is physically in the snow, mentally her mind and spiritually her mind is elsewhere okay and so she's walking and she's in this desert looking area where she's seen everybody else's spirit holdings specifically and she's walking and she keeps walking because she keeps following the voices and so she stops for a second Liz is, is starting to follow her at this point but she stops for a second in her tracks her ears start to bleed. And I was like, oh, shoot. Like, is she on the brink of death? And so then she starts to walk some more. 
and she takes off one of her gloves where she is and reveals her hand. And so I was like, shoot, is she going to start doing like that uh, unorthodox dressing, undressing? And so she takes off her glove where she is and we see her hand and another hand reach out for hers. And I'm going to assume that maybe this is her mom's hand because her mom then tells her her name, like her cultural name. And the smile on her face, y'all, and the sense of peace and calm that washes over her. I'm sure she hasn't experienced anything like this in quite some time just knowing who she is. And I was like, damn, is this, in this very moment, is this going to be her end where she's happy and she's peaceful and she's going to get ready to cross over? But no, Liz is still following her and she's screaming for her, but all of a sudden she gets stopped in her tracks because she looks down after she hears some whispers herself and she sees Holden banging on the ice below her so she drops to her knees and she starts pounding on the ice to the point where she actually falls through the ice and into the icy water and so as she starts to sink and go unconscious she's starting to drown we see her go back to a place where she's having all of these beautiful flashbacks of holding and them finger painting and then it's just so many beautiful memories of she and him and just when it looks like she's finna get ready to meet her demise a hand reaches out for her in the water because she i guess she we can see her drowning physically a hand reaches out for her and pulls her out of the water. It's Angie. And so she gets her back to the research center and they're back in front of the fire and she's got her bundled up. She's changed a lot of her clothes to keep, you know, get some dry clothes on her. And Liz is going in and out at this point. Um, and so we're still in flashback mode and Liz is walking through what looks like is the accident that took Holden's life. And y'all, that accident was bad. I don't know if she was the one that got T-boned and Holden was in the back in the in his car seat and got trapped. I don't know what happened. But we see that. And then she comes back because Angie is trying to like keep her up, keep her awake, keep her breathing, keep her talking. And so Liz finally asked Angie what he said. And she was like, who? And she said, Holden. And Angie tells her that Holden says that he wants her to know that he sees her. And Angie covers up one of Liz's eyes, her left eye. And so Liz starts to cry. Angie starts to cry. I'm starting to cry. It's a sweet moment, y'all. But Liz is still here. Okay, so that's good. And Angie finally got the closure that she was looking forward to as far as her name. So we go back over to Pete. Pete is with Rose and he's having his own moment, right? Of a flashback of when Hank, the story that Hank told him, He's Hank is pounding on the ice just like he is now and it's it's full circle because Hank was pounding on the ice to save his son and now his son is pounding on the ice to bury his dad. Ain't that crazy? And so Rose was like, you're going to have to be the one to push him in the water so you can get the closure that you need from this. You started it, you have to finish it. And so she tells him to turn around for a second. And he was like, no, I want to look. And she was like, you want to actually see me stab your dad's body so the air from his lungs can escape so he won't float? No, nah, he don't want to see that. I wouldn't want to see that either. 
So he turns around while Rose does her thing. And then once she's finished, he grabs his body and he drags him over to the ice. And again, y'all, it's a full circle Mm -hmm. moment. He's devastated, I'm sure. And he pushes his dad into the the watery abyss. And so Rose said, you think that the worst is over, but actually forever is the worst part of it. And it's just now beginning. Ooh. And as she says that, and as Angie actually saves Liz's life, both of these things are happening at the same time. The blizzard stops and you can see the stars and there's like this celestial green light going across the sky. It's so pretty. And it's January 1st, y'all. Happy New Year. So Angie lets Liz know that the storm is done. And they can basically leave at this point. So uh, Liz was like, well, if you decide to walk back out there again, if the voices start calling you and you start to follow them, just make sure you come back. Okay? I think Liz really appreciates Angie for showing her that there is a lot more to life than just walking this earth and just being here. There's a lot more to it after your time on earth. And um, I'm sure that she's very grateful that she was able to save her life and that during that time of the in-between for her, she was able to hopefully get a little bit of closure with her son as well. So... Angie says something about her lying and then she said something about the hatch and how she had been metaphorically holding down her own hatch just like Clark had because she was afraid of who was trying to open her hatch on the other side. And now she's not afraid anymore. She's tired of being in fear. And so, something pops up in Liz's head when she says that. And so, she runs to the place where the hatch is, and she grabs a a solution out of one of the cabinets, pours it on the actual hatch itself, and then she tells Angie to grab the UV light. So when she grabs the UV light and shines it on the hatch, we see all of these fingerprints. And not only that, but there is an actual handprint, like a full handprint on the side of the hatch. And this handprint is very distinctive because something is missing. There's a there's a piece of the the finger digit missing there. And she has a flashback to the women that were in the seafood joint that Angie had talked to. They are the workers that, well, that they both had talked to. They were the the workers, the cleaners that came to clean up the research center for the guys. So they've been asking the wrong question this entire time. It's not a question of who killed Annie, but Who knew who killed Annie? And so they end up going to the lady's house. They knock on the door. Nobody answers initially because remember, y'all, it's still pitch black. But according to what the lady says as she answers the door, it's early as hell in the morning time. It's about five or six o'clock in the morning, probably. So... When she comes to the door, Liz introduces who she is, but then she also introduces Angie, but Angie steps up and she says her real name, because remember where they are in nomad's land, you have to have a cultural name to be 
accepted in or invited into somebody's house. So she says her name and the lady looks at her like, hmm. And then she mentions that her uncle's name was that as well. So she lets them in. So they sit down and they tell them why they're there. They want to know what happened. And so basically the woman says that they figured it out a long time ago what happened to Annie. And we get a flashback of when the lady was actually cleaning and the water spilled onto the floor where like the hatch is because the hatch was hidden under like this, uh, this floor panel. It was a false floor panel. So when the bucket of water has spilled and it started seeping through this false floor panel, she realized that there was something else under there. So I'm not sure how she got the code to go down there or if she kind of just observed somebody or maybe you can just lift it and, and get down there. But either way, old girl got in the secret panel. Okay, she she got into the, the secret research setup in the ice cave. And not only did she go down there, but she let other women in the community know about it as well. And so they went down there, they they took pictures, they got it all gathered all the information that they needed regarding Annie, her case, and then they were able to come to the conclusion that the men were responsible for her murder because the the murder weapon was down there. They knew it this entire time. And so what they ended up doing was they actually came up with a plan to come back to the research center and take the men hostage, basically. So they got their guns and they came back to the research center. They basically gathered up all of the men except for Clark, who was able to escape and hide in the secret passageway. Now, he was holding down the hatch to prevent one of the women from actually pulling it up and grabbing him too. So that's where the handprint came from. And that's who was pulling on the hatch, not Annie herself, nor a spirit, okay? And so after all of the men except for Clark were rounded up, the women basically forced them to get into the back of this, uh, like a U-Haul truck, right? And so once they got out of the U-Haul truck, because they, they had drove them into the middle of nowhere, it's snowing, the wind is gusting at this point. So they get all the men out, they force them out, they force them to strip down and get naked. And they were like, well... Why did you do that? Why did you basically lead them to their death? And she was like, we didn't do anything, okay? They set themselves up for failure when they started digging into our land. They killed one of our people. And so we basically just kind of let the spirits do their thing. And so when the guys got out, after they had stripped them down, the the main lady that was over the group drew a spiral on one of the guy's foreheads. And they told them to just keep walking, just start walking and keep walking. And she said they left their clothes there. And so they could always come back. Now they would damn near be frozen, but at least they would have clothes to come back to. That is, if the spirits let them come back. You see, they they felt like once they put that spiral on the forehead and set them out, the spirits were going to either avenge what they had did to the environment, what they had did to the people in the community, or they would they would show mercy and let them walk free. And so the lady was like, I guess the spirits felt like they weren't worthy of mercy and they took all of their hopes and dreams and gobbled them up and ate them up from the inside out and so the men had 
basically froze to death. And so she was like, now the question is, why didn't y'all call the police? And so she was like, call the police for what? What were they going to do? We've been calling and complaining about what these men have been doing to us as a community, to our land, to our environment for years. And we've been silenced. Nothing has happened. We've been ignored this entire time. So we decided to take matters into our own hand and let our ancestors handle it for us. So the lady was like, well, what's going to happen now? So Liz was like, well, we were just coming to uh, basically give you an update on, on the case and let you know that the autopsy showed that the men died due to a slab avalanche. So all is clear here. And, you know, the lady was like, well, that's a story. Stories are stories, right? Can't say that this is what truly happened, but we know that's what happened, right? So then Liz gets up and walks away. And she ends up asking, uh, Angie actually asked the lady what her name meant. And the lady had said something to the effect of, the sun finally comes out after a long night, a long stretch of darkness or something like that. So it seems like Angie is still getting more clarity. She thanks the women um, for their time. And then she asked the main lady, what happened to Annie's tongue? Was she the one that cut out Annie's tongue and left it there for them to find? And she was like, that's not our story. Somebody else basically did that. So we still don't know who did that part, but maybe Hank was the one who did that after he moved the body. I don't know, y'all. Maybe, I don't know. I don't know. So she ends up leaving. And then we basically get a flash forward to their present time. And it's May 1st. And it is the first long day of like sun, right? So Danvers is sitting down and she's getting interviewed or depositioned by the head honchos. And they're just questioning her about what happened to Henry. Uh, Hank, sorry y'all, Hank. Henry is his real name. And she says that she's not sure. But all she can tell them is that Hank had been telling her for quite some time. And the last that she knew was that um, Hank had picked Otis up. And was supposed to be taking him in to Connolly. And maybe something happened along the way. Maybe there was a bad cell or something. Um, a bad accident where Hank killed Otis. And then due to the, the snow and the storm, maybe he himself had an accident. But either way, he has not been seen since the storm. And she was like, well, you know, we'll we'll look for him and maybe he'll be found. Maybe he won't. <laughs> Just like that. And so then um, Pryor comes in and she thanks him for the cup of coffee. And she says that Pryor was out looking for them on the night of the storm. So he's got an alibi, right? Wink, wink. So then um, they ask her about Angie and she says that uh, Angie, sometimes people come to Alaska to escape things. Sometimes people leave Alaska to find things. And so then we see Liz show up at Navarro's house and her knocks go unanswered, but she lets herself in. She looks around the place for quite some time until she gets to Navarro's room. And when she opens up the door, we see everything emptied. There's no sheets on the bed, no nothing. So it looks like maybe Navarro has actually moved out and left the state of Alaska 
because the only thing that is left on the bed, I guess she assumed that Liz was going to finally come looking for her after she didn't hear from her, was Holden's polar bear that she had threw out and Navarro had picked it up. She left the polar bear for Liz to find and also a cell phone. Now, as she's getting ready to open up the cell phone, we see we see Navarro and she is basically in between the not the ice caps but like the icy mountains the snowy mountains and she's walking she's just walking she doesn't have anything but the clothes on her back and she just starts walking and she keeps walking and so they were like well do you believe that we'll eventually find Navarro because she was like you won't find her you won't find her in the snow you won't find her out there in the ice. Meaning she's still alive, but I don't know where she is. And so apparently people have called in uh, reported sightings of her, but nothing has been confirmed. So then um, they ask about the leaked footage from Clark's confession because inside the uh, phone was a video of Clark confessing to everything that happened there with the shady dealings of Silver Sky, with them encouraging them to increase pollution with the mines, to the guys committing murder by killing Annie. Um, and then... This makes Liz smile because remember Liz had started to snap off on Navarro when she thought that all evidence of what had happened there was erased when Clark died in the snow. So at least she had that. And so they ask her about the leaked footage and they ask her, does she have any idea who may have leaked that? And she says, no, I have no idea. <laughs> And then we see a guy kind of just roaming through the pastures and he stumbles upon the research center and the mines and the mines are closed down, y'all, which is really good. This is what they wanted the entire time. So uh, she also goes on to say that, you know, the land has been there since the beginning of time, since before Alaska was even known as Alaska before anybody came to set up civilization there like it's been there and it will always find a way to balance itself out and as far as Navarro goes well you know what they say people never really leave Alaska and we see Navarro pop up on the deck of Liz's house now, I'm not sure if this is just like a spirit or if this is her for real, but I do feel like this is her for real. And then as far as Pete goes, Pete is in the bed with Darwin. Now, I'm not sure what Kayla is at this point, but I'm sure Kayla's around somewhere. And we see Liz and Leah finally have improved their relationship and they are laughing it as they're eating and Leah's driving and all is well that ends well and uh oh also along with the polar bear that she left behind for liz she finally gave Quavic back his spongebob toothbrush <laughs> i kind of wish that she would have stayed with him though or at least that she would have took him along with her you know because he was really he was really into her and they could have really had something special. But anyway, she's got to find her way, y'all, and live her own truths. So that's the way the season ends. Six episodes, y'all. That show was really good. I thoroughly enjoyed that show. Now, I've got a couple of shows coming down the pike. Um, We'll see. We'll see. I've got one on Paramount. Now, I'm not sure how many people have Paramount, but if you don't, just come and listen to me and I can give you a good recap. But I got to figure out if this show is actually good or not. Okay. So once I figure out if it's good, then I'll tell y'all what it is. 
but I do think that I'm going to do another show kind of similar to the trust almost and it's on Peacock I'm sure most of y'all have already seen it it's called the traitors this is season two okay season one was really good so if you haven't seen season one go back and look at it but I think that season two is all celebrities, if I'm not mistaken, which can kind of be like, ugh, do they really need more money? Where are the little people that could really use this type of cash flow? But we'll see y'all. Anyway, that is it. Thank you for coming back time and time again to listen to these reviews. I hope you guys enjoyed this show as much as I did. If you have any show suggestions at all, Please let me know. You can reach me at uh, me and you TV reviews on Facebook and on Instagram. You can also reach me at my TV reviews podcast without the S on the end at gmail.com. Y'all, I love you guys. Please rate and review if you haven't already. Please share if you care. And until we meet over the airwaves again, I am Mo and I will talk to you guys soon. Bye.